and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all It's Giving content. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to It's Giving, where we discuss the latest in TV and film. This is your host, your boy, Brandon the Introvert. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing Atlanta, Season 4, Episode 9, Andrew Wyeth, Alfred's World. So um, this is the second to last episode of the final season of Atlanta. We are already here. This episode was directed by Hiro Morai and written by Taufi Kolade. And this episode was a simplistic one. It was simplistic and it was it was simplistic yet definite, I feel like, in its tone and just the overall vibe with just telling Al's story. I feel like this episode encapsulates everything that's Al, that Al has been through as Al, as Paperboy. And this is kind of the, literally the final moments and final times we get to see with Al and how he intends on living his life, at least right now in the Atlanta universe. And it was bittersweet in terms of it was bittersweet in terms of just the fact that it's ending and stuff. But overall, I think it was pretty fitting. It wasn't any, you know, big explosions, big like rah rah. It was a pretty calm, but it was a very out episode. Like it was a very out episode, not just the fact that he was just by himself, but it 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 just made sense that this is where Al has ended up and this is his state of mind now and this is just this is just how he lives now and this is how he's going to live at least so far as we can tell so with this episode Andrew Wyeth uh Andrew Wyeth is a or was a realist painter who was known for painting just the landscapes and the people in the landscapes usually around him in his hometown in Pennsylvania, as well as his, I believe it was summer home or at least another home in Maine. So he was a very regionalist, natural type of artist. Like he, his paints, his paints, his, his um, paintings would incorporate just people in the landscapes, in the, in the settings that they're in. So they were very like pastoral, very like rural, very bucolic, if you want to call it. So in this, I feel like the cinematography of this episode definitely captured that essence of Andrew Wyeth. I took the time to look at some of his paintings and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I can see where they were going with, you know, just the way in which they captured Al and captured Al in this new landscape that he was in. And yeah, I, I really like the artistic influence uh from Andrew Wyeth and how it kind of got onto this episode and just like we don't get many black shows we'll just be artistic in this way you know what I mean I would not know about Andrew Wyeth if it wasn't for this Atlanta episode at least at this point I would not know about this so I just like how it's taking things usually white shows will take and you know incorporate as their own but I like how they just kind of incorporate that but Anyway, we get the the where we're at. We're at Al's safe farm. You know, Soldier Boy told Al to get a safe farm and crank that killer when Al was running, the, trying to you know escape that. The Soldier Boy cranked that killer. 
Um, and, you know, later on the episode, we see it was a nigga from high school who had beef with him that tried to shoot him down. So I think all of these things, coupled with just Atlanta being a dangerous place for Al before he was a rapper, when he was trapping and as a rapper, just an escape from all of that danger. And now we see he is in a safe farm. He's constantly in danger. We see him constantly running in with death throughout the season, throughout the series. And now we see he's just kind of still running in with death, but just in a different setting, in a different context, and in a different way as well. I feel like what I immediately got from literally the beginning of the episode was kind of a callback to uh, season two, episode eight woods where it was just out in the he got lost running away from niggas that were trying to rob him and take his shit and getting lost in the woods and we see kind of this eerie vibe eerie setting it was kind of dreamlike almost and he was able to you know leave the woods but at the end of the episode he kind of just it's like he kind of did a, a acceptance when he took that picture with the the uh that fan in the gas station it was kind of like nothing happened to him, even though he was bloody. He accepted now the dangers of being a rapper because we saw that he was, you know, the, the the boys that were trying to rob him, they saw that, you know, he was paper boy. So he's just going to get more attention. Even when he was in Europe, we saw those three white boys try to get at him because they found out, you know, they recognized him as paper boy. So we see he has a different type of danger just being a rapper, which all in all led him to this, I mean, and Crank That Killer. I mean, it, now it's more, it's easier to recognize him now more than ever because he's famous. So, of course, he's going to go in the countryside where no one's going to know him. He's by himself. He can hear his own thoughts. The only dangers around him are ones that he can control. So we see he's at the safe farm now, and he is he's shooting on the gun range, and he's getting these calls from Earn, and we see some other numbers. It just takes me back to when Van in season three was getting all these calls and texts from Earn. At least I think Earn isn't as frantic in with these calls and these texts because Van completely like just left the face of the earth. But I think uh Al, he's just, you know, taking time to himself, focusing on himself more. Not everything is so pressing, not everything is so important. He's in the countryside. So yeah, we just we just see he's kind of in that zen, in that mode of just being to himself. And just literally Alfred's world. He's in his own world now, finally, and out of Atlanta. And we see that he, yeah, we, he's in his own world pretty much. So throughout the episode, we see that he's trying to fix this tractor of his and it's just not working. He ends up going to this YouTube channel called, that, that was funny. It kills me. These hoes ain't loyal. And uh, this white YouTuber, he just, I guess, teaches farmers about how to fix their contraptions and whatnot but we see he's having struggle uh problems with getting his tractor to be up and running and we also see that he which i didn't really i didn't see it till i saw it saw it on a page but he cultivated the weed plant he got from blue blood's funeral uh in episode one in this season and now we see he has a bunch of he has an abundance of plants not like a whole greenhouse or anything but a shed's worth of weed that he's growing and we see he's like really he's soft with it he's taking care of it he's cultivating he's growing and he's giving it love like you could tell he really 
really cares for this, especially the fact that this was just kind of a a gift from his one of his favorite rappers who passed away too soon. And the fact that he was able to connect with that rapper through that scavenger hunt, like that weed plant means everything to him, of course. So we just see he's really tending to it with love and care. And we see that throughout this episode. So with that weed plant, we see that some type of critter is breaking into his shed and eating up some of the plants. So he ends up going to the hardware store, which we saw him before when he was trying to get like a skillet, ended up ordering it on, I think, Amazon or whatever. And he goes to the same hardware store, talks with the owner, and he takes pictures. Like he steps in poop when he um, goes to see his shed was broken. And we know it's some type of animal. So he takes a picture of the poop, sends it, shows it to the hardware owner, and he tells him that he has feral hogs on his hands. And he asks him, like, you know, what plants would you growing? And Al lies, of course, and says, like, corn. So the guy says, what you're going to do is basically bait the hog and shoot it right in the head. Because if you don't, the hog will kill you first. You know, hogs are aggressive. And they are feral, wild hogs. They are aggressive. They don't play around. They don't fuck around. They transmit diseases, too. They're very, very powerful. They're very fast. Uh, they're very dangerous in general, but I'll, and he tries to say that he tries to say like, they're going to eat all your crops. They're going to ruin you. They're try, going to try to kill you. If you don't kill them, you know, they're going to kill you. And even says like a lady died from like a hog attack. And I don't know the, I, even though I don't know, I don't think that's what this episode is about. And I kind of like that. I'm trying to, I'm saying that I felt like it was given, like he was referencing black people but I don't think so in this instance. But it was given that just because he was like a white kind of like country type of nigga. Also, the actor that plays the white hardware store owner, he is Sheriff Bailey from Peabody. I had to look him up because I was like, he looks very, very familiar. But that's Sheriff Bailey. But yeah, I I just felt like it was like, is he referencing black people? But I don't know. But what I do like about this show is like it it's not always about black, white racism, even though that was season three, but they did it in a completely different way. They did it in a less like we struggling and the white man going to get like, it's less that it's more talking about like nuances and like whiteness and blackness and the effects of whiteness and the effects of blackness and how they correlate and interplay with each other. I feel like we don't really see that done in that way, unless it's like in a civil rights you know, white people attacking black people kind of set up. But it's more insidious than that. I feel like it's just much more insidious than just these like interracial attacks. It's systematic. But that's season three. We talked about that in season three. But yeah, he tells Al like, you need to kill that nigga before it kills you with the hog. And Al kind of laughs this off. Like he's not taking the guy seriously. I'm sure Al's just thinking about like, He's been through so much and Atlanta has had literal people try to kill him. So what a hog, you telling me a hog is about to come after me and kill me Bye. So I could see where he is coming from. So he goes back to his farm. He tries a tractor for a second time and it doesn't work. And not just that we see there's a mouse stuck in like one of the little holes or whatever. It's a dead mouse. 
and he just takes it out with his hands. It was disgusting. And, you know, he tries a second time. It did not work. And at this point, I don't know. I feel like Al's just having a, you know, his weed is getting broken into. They tell him about his feral hogs. The tractor not working. And it's also dangerous because the first time he tried to do it, he tried to like fix it underneath. But the YouTuber tells him, you know, be careful with that because it could kill you. So we already know something's going to happen with that. Like, at least I kind of guess something's going to happen with this tractor. And, you know, now he got a mouse stuck in it. So Al's just, it. he seems to not be having a great time. Like, it's just a bunch of bullshit happening left and right. So Al then repairs the shed and decides to take the guy's advice and tries to bait the hogs with the weed. So he does that, but ends up falling asleep, uh, and he hears a noise and wakes up and sees all the weed is gone. The hogs ate everything. So, you know, like, damn, you know, he he's going to have to try again, just like with the tractor. But he tries the tractor for a third time, and this time it works. And I really enjoyed that scene where he's just riding around in the tractor, like, and especially with Andre in the back, we get a glimpse of him at peace as a farmer living that farmer life. So we see him, you know, riding around a tractor, but of course it gets stuck on something and not just anything, but it gets stuck on a ledge. So Al tries to go out and tries to push it back. But of course the, like that, this was really scary. It was really cool how they had it set up though, but he tries to push it and, you know, it doesn't budge. And as he's pushing it, well, after he, as he's pushing it, it doesn't budge. And then he looks out on the, over the lake and just, I believe that's his own house, but I think it's just another house. Um, but as he's looking, the tractor like tips over and then he falls over through the hill and the tractor is following with him. And as he wakes up, he sees the tractors on his left leg and it's completely fucked up. I don't think he broke any bones. I think it was just mainly muscle, but he still, his left leg is still like, squished underneath the tractor so he's able to get his leg out and ends up having to crawl back to his house now with this kind of crawling back it is a reference to christina's world which is one of andrew wyatt's uh, most famous paintings where we see a girl kind of crawling like kind of semi on the floor semi on the floor semi on the grass like looking out in the beyond to her house and it's separated by this land, like, yeah, this land, like a bunch of a wide space in between her and the house. And we just see her looking kind of legs to the side, literally as if you your legs can't work. And in fact, actually, it is influenced. It's the model for it wasn't the actual girl, but it is influenced by a woman who had a muscle disorder and wasn't able to walk after 30, but instead of using a wheelchair, she just crawled everywhere because she refused to use a wheelchair, which is also pretty, that's an interesting thing to think about. So that scene and just that whole setup is a setup with Al crawling with his left leg damage and crawling to his space, looking out towards the house with this expanse of land is in direct reference to Christina's world. So he ends up, he tried, he's really close to his house. And ironically, the Amazon uh, driver, I don't know if it's actual Amazon, but I can also see them. I, I think he ordered Amazon, but maybe with copyright and stuff, they couldn't use actual Amazon. But anyway, it's an Amazon S type of service where they just throw your shit and take a picture and leave. 
So he tries to call for help, but the Amazon driver couldn't hear her, hear him, and she just drives off. And we can assume that's the skillet, and it is the skillet. So he's finally able to reach his house, leg all fucked up, opens the skillet, and just looks out and realizes, looks in front of him, and we see that there's two hogs, and they take the bait. They're eating his weed, and they take the bait. Now, this shit, I feel like the whole, I feel like I didn't do the just, do it justice in terms of, like, talking about the suspense throughout the episode, but I feel like, I think it didn't really scare me too much. Oh, it did. It did. It did. The first time when he noticed somebody or something was in his shed and he opened the door, that was really suspenseful. I was like, like, what's going on? And the second time when that tractor like tipped over, that was really scary. But then we see um, the third time with the the encounter with the hogs and the weed. It was really scary. Like, I feel like hogs in general scare me. I remember when I was in college as a freshman, because I was animal science, we had to clean up the pigs. And them pigs, by the time I, like, it was my turn to, like, do the chores for the pigs, like, the piglets grew up to be, like, big pigs. And my little skinny ass was in that pen with, like, five or six pigs. And they're really rowdy. Like, they're really, really rowdy. And they're really, really intelligent. So... And they're really strong. So I was getting a little freaked out. I was I was trying to spray them off, but they like the water. So it was really scary. Like hogs and pigs do scare me. And to see these wild hogs, and we definitely see the effects with their like their eyes and like the glinty eyes. And it was kind of like a demonic hog. So that part really scared me to have that happen after Al fucked up his leg. Like it was really scary. So we see the hogs, one of the hogs sees Al and they lock eyes. And then maybe it's the weed effect that maybe amplified it, or maybe it was just the hogs. But we see the hog go straight after Al, like straight up charges after Al, like not even a warning, just looks at him, goes straight at him. And we can assume it's trying to kill that nigga. So Al, you know, he's like, Al's a big guy. So he's sitting here wrestling with him, but. That hog is overpowering him. Al just crawled all the way from that ledge with a broken leg and or messed up leg. And he's we can assume he's tired as shit. So the fact that he has to get another ounce of like energy to wrestle this hog and fight it off is like wild. I my ass would have been dead. But he luckily he had that skillet and beat the shit out of the hog and ended up dying of course so he killed the hog before it could kill him and we see the store owner was right all along and al should have taken it seriously but whatever he ended up killing the hog so after that al gets a call from Ern and answers the call i think it was something with lawyers or some shit and he does what he has to do with the call and the next day, we see Al cooking up some bacon, drinking some whiskey, and he decides he, his leg is all bandaged up, band-aid over his eye, and it's just this funny scene where he got the hog in the trash can, throws away the bacon wrapper in the trash can, all of that. And, I mean, that symbolizes, like, he, I mean, he conquered his shit. And not only that, he's eating, not the hog, but, you know, bacon, obviously, reference to the hog, but, like, He's eating that nigga like he he conquered that nigga. So 
Al then FaceTimes Earn, and they just have a nice talk. And Earn, you know, obviously always worried about Al, just tells him, like, hey, what happened? Like, you good? And, of course, Al, as usual, kind of just brushes it off as nothing. Like, nothing happened. I'm cooling, just living the farm life. It's kind of slow, whatnot. And Earn tells Al, like, you know, if you don't like the farm, like, this is supposed to be a safe farm. You can always go back to Atlanta. But Al says, like, you know, I'm I'm actually liking this life. I'm enjoying it slow, but it is what it is. So, yeah. And then they go on to just talk about whatever. Like, he Earn asks, like, if Al got sunburned, has he been in the sun too long? And Al claims, like, you know, niggas can't get sunburned. And Earn tells him, like, yes, niggas can. And they just go on and just talk about, they just shoot the shit after that. And we just see, instead of us, at least with the direction of the camera, instead of us being with the conversation, then we kind of see this. We're looking at the conversation from afar and we just see Al and Ern just chop it up. And we could assume this is where Al is going to be from now on. And that's the end of the episode. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too... It wasn't a lot of tricks. It wasn't a lot of stuff going on. It was mainly like a one-man type of episode with Al. And I feel like Van can do this, kind of. But I feel like Al can pull off a one-man episode easily. Like, he just has that type of, like, gravity to him um, as a character. And the actor, too, Brian Tyree Henry, as well, has just that type of power where you just, like, you just engage the whole time. So... Yeah, that's pretty much the end of the episode. Now time for the breakdown. So I, at first, when I was watching this, I was just like, why didn't he tell Earn about what he just went through? Why is he not as freaked out? Like a hog just tried to attack you. You almost died. You had to crawl back to your farm. Like, why didn't you at least like tell Al something? But then I thought about it. The I think the second time that I watched the episode, I thought about it. Like, like I said in the beginning of this uh, recap, Al has been through so much shit. We've seen him go through so much shit as Al, as Paperboy, and then just living in Atlanta and then trapping out in Atlanta. I don't know that lifestyle, but I know I can assume that Al is made for this shit. Pretty much, Al. Al is made for this shit. He's been through close encounters with death so many different times. And this was nothing. This is just another tally in the tally mark for him. This was nothing. And in fact, I feel like I was thinking about this might actually be better because at least he can now control his environment. Like the hog, you can control it. You can bait it. You can go out and kill it. Um, The tractor, you can fix it. But dealing with people in Atlanta, you can't really predict that too much. I mean, obviously the halls, you couldn't really predict that too much, but it's different. I feel like Atlanta, you know, the high school killer come out of nowhere and you looking out for another killer and just the famous paper boy, like it's just too much. It's just too much. And it's something that he's used to and something that he's tired of. Like we see in the first episode in this season, like, He's thinking about leaving somewhere, but he just doesn't know. And he, he, I believe he names these like typical cities like Miami or some other like 
just major, you know, cities that everybody goes to, but he just doesn't seem even content. Well, Jamaica, I think he says, but he doesn't seem content with like, he doesn't, he doesn't seem content with that type of life, just that fast paced life, being in the spotlight, you know, flaunting all of that. Like he likes it at first. And I think he is used to kind of the finer things in life for sure, but he just wants a simplistic life especially from the rapper lifestyle so it'll be very interesting to see in this final episode like where is he at now is he is he going to retire is he still going to be a rapper but just live in this the farm you know what i mean and we see a lot of instances of like kanye moving out to wyoming at some point uh khalees living out in um as a farmer as a chef now away from that, you know, just being in the spotlight and just away from the industry. So I feel like there's a lot of instances where we hear and see celebrities move out into the country just for that peace. So the fact that Al is in the country with his safe farm really isn't that surprising, especially with the fact that now he could control his life, probably definitely saves him some money, a lot of money. and having your own piece of land, like, I, I feel like that's a no-brainer. So, and especially if you like that type of lifestyle, you're just by yourself. You can hear yourself. You can just be to yourself. I feel like that type of lifestyle is definitely would be attractive to Al. Seeing from uh, Born to Die, where those rappers are trying to tell him the trajectory he's on after he reaches OG status, he's just going to fade into existence. So if you don't become a manager of some white rapper, you're going to be obsolete, especially if you want to keep up with the lifestyle. But Al, obviously he tried it, doesn't fuck with that. And Al is somebody that likes real. He doesn't like forcing himself. He doesn't like faking. So he living that lifestyle, the farm lifestyle, I feel like is very ideal and it really makes sense for him. And it's another trajectory that he can go where he can be happy and satisfied or a trajectory he can go where he could be happy and satisfied. And he definitely most likely was influenced by, not most likely, he was influenced by Blue Blood. The fact that Blue Blood kind of stayed low, he... And the, the rappers in Born to Die viewed that as dying into obscurity, but I feel like the ones that had an actual love and respect for Blue Blood appreciated and probably respected the way in which he left this earth um, with the scavenger hunt and then giving that plant, that parting gift, especially the fact that Al used that parting gift to grow something of his own and create a path for his own, I feel like paid the most respect to blue blood in terms of just taking control of your life and living the life that you want. So this was a fitting, I think this is a fitting ending for Al, at least I think that's his ending. We we have one more episode left, but I think something tells me he's just going to, this is just going to be his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I, I, I feel like that's all I had to say. Like not too much happened. I think this is just a closing out story for Al and, it's a very fitting one. I just like the influence of Andrew Wyeth. I actually want to look at it. Actually, kind of it kind of uh, got me wanting to go to some art museums and just learn more about just traditional artists and stuff, uh, especially like twentieth century artists. But 
yeah, that is the second to last episode. We are one more episode left, and the series is over as we know it, at least. Because I feel like Donald Glover always got some type of tricks. But I don't think there's going to be like an Atlanta movie or anything. I don't think there's going to be another. Like, I, I'm confident this is it. Like, this is it. Like, this is the one, season one, two, three, four, and this is it. It's in this package. He said the writing is going to be as good as Sopranos. But yeah, we have one more episode left. Thank y'all for listening, viewing, watching, whatever you've been doing to engage with me, just talking shit and just chatting about this show. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate the Atlanta fans and just enjoying fanning out to Atlanta like I do. Yeah, I'll see y'all in the next episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And I'll be seeing y'all.